Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. to another bonus episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. That's right, all year, every year. And thanks for joining us for another installment of another Christmas story. This week's chapter, chapter 12, will be read to you by Scarlett Alexandra of Netflixmas Podcast. Chapter 12. Can you believe it? This is the last bonus episode in April, which means we are officially one third of the way through the year. We just have to get through this next third and then we're in the most wonderful time of the year, right? The Burr month, September, October, November, and of course, December. I can't wait. Anyway, before kicking this over to Scarlet, I just wanted to go over a few pieces of housekeeping with y'all this week. Number one. Now that we're out of all of the introductions of all our main characters and different storylines, chapter 12 is really when the story begins to get interesting, in my opinion. Mary and Joey are reconnecting after 10 years, after their big fight in the prologue. And since the main thrust of the novel is their friendship, possible relationship, this is really, you know, the beginning of the meat and potatoes of the novel, for lack of a better term. This is when the novel really begins to get good. So for those of you who stuck out the first 11 chapters and the prologue, thank you. I know it can be a bit tedious because we keep switching back and forth from different points of views and there's a lot of setup, but I promise you, as you'll see in this chapter, now that all of the main characters are established, now that all of the storylines are established, it's really going to be boom, 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 boom from this moment forward in the story. This is really the chapter from the beginning I couldn't wait for y'all to get to. Secondly, speaking of the character of Mary, since this chapter has a big focus on her, Mary is just about nine months pregnant for the bulk of this story, and she's on her feet all day and doing a bunch of things I know real-life pregnant women at that stage of pregnancy wouldn't be able to do. This is a Christmas story, y'all. It's essentially a fantasy when you think about it. Think of it as one of those hallmark, too-good-to-be-true movies. But save the mail. I know that pregnant women wouldn't be this physically active in real life. But for the sake of the story, I had to make her that way. So I just wanted to address that elephant in the room and say I'm fully aware it's not very realistic. But again, it's a Christmas story. I envisioned it as a Christmas movie. They're never realistic. And last, but certainly not least, number three, normally I wait until the guest reader of the week actually reads their assigned chapter to you before praising them. But this week's guest reader, Scarlett Alexandra of Netflixmas Podcast, did such an amazing job. I'm going to praise her at the beginning as well, because she deserves it. And I wanted to make sure for those of you who cut out of the episode as soon as the chapter is done and don't listen to all my end of episode housekeeping, that I made you aware of what a phenomenal job I think she did. She, every reader we've had so far has been amazing, but Scarlett has really raised the bar. When she sent me her recording, she had me laughing out loud the whole time when I was editing it. And normally, I don't include bloopers from these recordings at the end of these episodes, but there are a few Scarlett made that I'm going to put 
at the end of this episode. So there's incentive to stick around all the way to the very end because there are some hilarious and very cute bloopers she made as she was reading the chapter out loud for the first time. One of which is actually an explanation as to why halfway through this chapter, Mary is given an English accent when she doesn't have one at the beginning of the chapter. And another of which will make all of our UK listeners laugh, especially those of y'all from Newcastle, when she tries to pronounce the Geordie slang word, Howay, for the first time. But yeah, she had me laughing. So yeah, Scarlett, if you're listening, thank you again so much for doing this. I hope I can rope you into or talk you into doing another chapter for us later this year, because you were great. And I think all of the listeners will think so too. You really raised the bar. So that's all the housekeeping I have for y'all for now. So with that, I'll kick it over to Scarlett to read you chapter 12 of Another Christmas Story. Enjoy, y'all. This is Scarlett Alexandra, and I have a podcast that you might be interested in. It is called Netflixmas. It is where we review Netflix original Christmas movies and other original Christmas movies from various streaming platforms. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Netflixmas, a podcast. That's me. Chapter 12, Christmas Wrapping, December 24th, 8.55, Eastern Standard Time. Mary was woken from a deep sleep on the morning of Christmas Eve by the loud ringing of her phone, which she had forgotten to silence before she went to bed the night before. After blindly groping at her nightstand for a few moments, she finally brought her hand down upon it and brought it to her ear, annoyed. What do you want? She answered groggily. Aren't you a ray of sunshine in the morning? Why are you calling me so early? Mary demanded of Natalie, her voice muffled due to the fact that she was speaking into her pillow. I wanted to check in and make sure you were okay. Natalie replied over the sounds of the bustling city around her, which Mary could just make out on the end of her line. I was until you woke me up. Mary pushed herself into a sitting position and stared at her reflection in the mirror directly opposite the bed. She hadn't bothered changing out of her clothes from the night before, when the makeup she had neglected to wash off her face was smudged. "'What time is it?' she asked, reaching up to try and flatten her hair, which had gone bushy and askew during the middle of the night. "'It's almost nine! Get up! Go out! Explore the city!' "'Ugh, that literally sounds like the worst idea ever!' Mary winced as she stood up to walk to the bathroom. My feet are sore, I have to pee every ten minutes, and on top of all that, I'm not a tourist! How long have you lived in Newcastle now? Natalie asked rhetorically. Coming back to visit means you are a tourist. Besides, she continued before her friend could interrupt her, it's Christmas, your favorite time of the year in your favorite city on Earth. You should enjoy it. It might take your mind off of things, she added surreptitiously. Well... I do have some last-minute Christmas shopping to do, Mary admitted, as she turned the bathroom light to find all of the empty liquor bottles from the night before strewn in the sink and across the countertop. Smirking to herself as she made her way to the toilet, she wondered what housekeeping would think when they cleared the room later that day. Maybe you're right. I'm always right. Don't you know that by now? <laughs> Natalie asked, mock-defended. Anyway, do you want to meet up for lunch later? My treat! You know, I'm grateful and all, but you don't need to baby me, Mary insisted. I'll be, I want to, Natalie cut her off. <laughs> Look, I'm about to walk into the office, but I'll call you later and we can figure out where to meet, okay? Mary let out a resigned sigh as she sat down on the toilet. Okay, she said, exasperated. I'll see you later. After peeing, showering, peeing, getting dressed, and peeing once more, Mary bundled herself up in a stylish light blue winter coat and matching hat. Grabbing her purse, she made to walk out of her hotel room before pausing at the door with her hand on the knob and stare at herself in the full-length mirror just off to the side. As she had pointed out to Natalie the night before, she had gained all of her pregnancy weight in her stomach. Otherwise, she barely looked pregnant. 
Sure, her breasts and butt had gotten a little bigger, in ways that Mary would miss when she gave, gave birth and lost the baby weight, but her arms, legs, and face remained as thin as they had ever been. And while her stomach was big, it was still small enough that it was believable that she had gained just a few extra pounds. At first, her lack of truly conventional weight gain had worried her, but her midwife had reassured her that the baby was perfectly healthy. Some women just don't physically show that they are pregnant. As she stared at herself in the mirror, Mary tried smiling, but noticed that she couldn't quite get it to reach her sad-looking bloodshot eyes, no matter how hard she tried. And even worse, in her mind, were the giant bags beneath them, which her makeup couldn't quite conceal. It was bad enough she felt depressed, sore, and tired, but she refused to look depressed, sore, and tired. Therefore, she made the decision that her first stop that morning would be for a cup of coffee. She hoped that a small dose of caffeine would be enough to wake her up so she could fake the look of happiness better. Ten minutes later, Mary walked into a small diner called Park Cafe, which was a ten-minute walk from the plaza. Truth be told, she'd have preferred to stop for a quick breakfast and sandwich and a to-go coffee from Starbucks, but all the ones she passed were chock-full of tourists and commuters on their way to work. This cafe, on the other hand, while busy, was devoid of corporate workers and tourists, bustling instead with relaxed New Yorkers stopping in for breakfast and reading their newspapers while they sat in booths, eating and glancing up at the televisions mounted behind a countertop at which other patrons sat sipping their coffees. As Mary made her way to the counter, which was lined with light, lightened garland and atop which sat a few very sad-looking tiny Christmas trees, she glanced up at one of the mounted televisions in time to witness the President of the United States standing on the tarmac at JFK Airport greeting the Prime Ministers of Canada and the United Kingdom. Then, squeezing herself between the two men at the counter, she flagged down a young, pretty Greek waitress. Merry Christmas Eve! She smiled wide at Mary. What can I get for you? Coffee, please. Black. Mary glanced back at one of the televisions, but when she noticed the waitress wasn't moving to fulfill her order, she turned back to stare at her inquisitively. Is there a problem? It's just that well. The waitress bit down her lower lip. Are you sure you should be drinking coffee in your... condition? She glanced down at Mary's stomach. Ah. I get it. Mary laughed, patting her stomach as the baby kicked inside of it. It's fine, seriously. Well, actually, no, it's not fine. The waitress laughed in disbelief, causing Mary to drop her shoulders with a loud sigh of annoyance. Look, uh, Diana, is it? Mary leaned across the counter to read the name tag pinned to the waitress's shirt. I did my research, okay? Studies are inconclusive as to the effect of caffeine has on pregnancies. Therefore, the March of Dimes has stated it's okay for pregnant women to drink one 12-ounce cup of coffee every other day, but advise not to exceed it. So, fill me up. She tapped loudly on the counter, and as two men sitting on either side of her exchanged an impressed look behind her back. Diana, the waitress, bristled with indignation. I'm not sure if I feel comfortable serving you. I don't care, Mary snapped loudly, drawing more looks from cafe patrons. It is your job. I'm paying you to provide me a service, so provide me with a cup of coffee. Please. I have the right to refuse service to anyone I want. Diana's voice was rising now, and she pointed at a sign in the window that indicated just that. And I don't feel like providing a service to- Mary let out a loud, humorless bark of laughter as the baby kicked inside of her, and she began to shake with rage. Jesus Christ, whatever happened to peace on earth and goodwills towards men, huh? Her voice began to rise with each word, causing the heads of just about everyone in the establishment to gaze in her direction. Even the cooks poked their heads out of the kitchen in order to stare in disbelief. I just want a cup of coffee. All right, just a damn cup of coffee. Is that too much to ask for? Is it? 
She was so angry now that her natural New York accent was beginning to poke through the the English one she'd acquired from living in the United Kingdom. Leaning over the counter to stare more closely at Diana, she smirked in a self-satisfied manner as the frightened waitress quickly backed away from her. I'm not asking to sleep with your husband or murder a group of school children. I just want a cup of coffee. Though actually, if I'm being quite honest, what I really want is a damn bottle of wine, because yesterday was the worst day of my life. But if I can't have a bottle of wine, do you know why? Because I am pregnant, and I am a responsible person. Really, I'm settling for a cup of coffee, so please, I am begging you, bring me a cup of damned coffee! She slammed her hands down on the counter very hard, making all the cutlery along the length of it rattle. A silence so protracted followed her rant that it would have been possible to hear a pin drop. Mary stared, red-faced and breathing heavily, her hands curled into fists and her eyes welling with emotion, across the counter at Diana, who stared back, open-mouthed, unsure of how to respond. Her eyes were wide, and though she sputtered to choke out words, she couldn't successfully formulate any. Finally, the silence was broken by a soft, incredulous voice. Mary? Mary spun around at the sound of her name, scanned the diner to find a man standing up at a booth when he had been sitting alone, staring at her uncertainly. Who's asking? she demanded. Mary? the man repeated again, the corners of his mouth turning upward ever so slightly. Mary Holiday? Mary stared closely at the man, her eyes widening in amazement when she finally recognized who it was. Though older, and with a few gray hairs and the stubble on the face, and his slightly receding hairline, and more of a pouched stomach than she remembered, she recognized the man's straw jongline and bright blue eyes anywhere. <gasps> Joey! Joey flashed her an uncertain smile that told Mary that he was unsure about how to feel about his chance encounter as she was. What are the odds, huh? He laughed nervously before staring past her at Diana. Uh, she's with me. Shocked by the words, but grateful he was rescuing her from a potentially even more embarrassing situation than the one she had already found herself in, Mary reluctantly made her way over to her childhood friend. When she reached the booth at at which Joey stood, the two of them looked one another up and down, both feeling slightly uncomfortable. It's good to see you, Joey finally said, embracing her in an awkward hug. You too, Mary admitted, patting himself consciously on the back before gently pulling away. They stared at each other for a moment before Joey finally said, sit down, sit down. And they both took a seat at the table across from one another, as the other patrons in the diner began to turn back to their own private conversations. Cheers for that, Mary said, as she began to strip off her coat and her hat. It's no problem, Joey replied. I know what it's like not to get my morning coffee. He pushed his half-full coffee cup across the table from her. You can finish this if you want. Uh, thanks, but no thanks, Mary said quickly giving a small shrug. I mean, I really shouldn't be drinking coffee. She patted her belly lovingly. I just get annoyed when others tell me what I should and shouldn't be doing as if I hadn't done my research. Joey nodded in his understanding, doing his best not to stare down at the woman's swollen stomach. She was being a bit of a bitch. Right? Mary asked, relieved to find that the man didn't believe she had been overreacting. A total bitch! I'm surprised you weren't asking for a cup of tea instead of coffee, Joey remarked. Your accent, he clarified, when Mary stared at him confused. I noticed you were, you know, you don't sound much like Helen Mirren. (laughs) Mary smirked. It's because I haven't been living in London. I've been living in Newcastle. It's a much, much rougher sounding accent. So that's what people from Newcastle sound like then? Geordies. Mary corrected, and not quite. During university, I lived in Newcastle, but a bunch of my flatmates were from Sunderland, so I guess my brain adopted a mix of both Geordie and Mackham accents. Well, whatever it is, I like it, 
Joey smiled warmly before asking, Do you want anything to eat? I can get a menu. I'm fine, Mary assured him. Seriously, I'm not that hungry. Joey's eyes darted down to her stomach and back to her face again. I had no idea you were pregnant. I wouldn't expect you to, Mary remarked. I mean, we haven't spoken in... Uh, what's it been now? A decade, Joey answered quickly, taking the woman by surprise. A decade tonight, actually. He smirked sadly, feeling his cheeks go pink. But still, it's just... Well, normally your mom keeps my mom informed about what's going on with you, and then mom tells me, so... Mary laughed. <laughs> your mom does that too, huh? So does mine, she admitted embarrassed. I think they're still upset that we never ended up together. <laughs> you think? Joey raised an eyebrow. I know. Mary smiled as she stared down at Joey's half-eaten plate of food. But yeah, I wouldn't expect you have to know I was pregnant because my parents don't know yet. How can they not know? I just flew in to town only last night, Mary explained. I'm staying at the plaza. Fancy. And I haven't been home yet, Mary continued, as though she hadn't been interrupted. Natalie's supposed to give me a lift back to Bayside tonight. Still in touch with Nat, huh? Joey laughed. Great minds really do think alike, I guess. I just got into town this morning. Ryan's supposed to be giving me a lift home after work. Glancing out of the window, at the falling snow, he added, though we'll be lucky if we manage to get home tonight at all. Mary nodded as she glanced over her shoulder at the televisions mounted behind the countertop in time to see the president and her foreign guests climbing into her limo at JFK. Sighing deeply, she turned back to Joey. Any anyway, I'm planning on telling my parents later. I mean, I won't be able to hide it from them any anymore once they see me. I don't know how you've managed as long as you have, Joey admitted with a laugh. We all have our secrets, Mary winked, causing Joey to shift uncomfortably in his seat. They're easy to keep when you're living in Ocean away. I haven't seen my parents or brothers in that of a year at least. Is everything between you guys okay? Yeah, yes. Uh, Mary waved his worry aside. Everything's fine between me and them. They're all good. Joey eyed her shrewdly, unsure of whether or not he could believe her, before nodding curtly. Well, I'm glad they'll be happy to hear about your good news at any rate. His eyes found her stomach again. Do you know the sex yet? Nope. I want it to be a surprise, Mary admitted. I know it's stupid in today's day and age, but... I don't think it's stupid, Joey said quietly, earning himself a genuine smile from Mary, who was becoming more relaxed by the minute. When are you due? First week of January. Wow! Joey took a sip of his coffee. I'm surprised you can even come home at all if you're that close. What happens if you go into labor here with your doctor back in England? Uh, I panic! Mary laughed as her stomach growled hungrily, indicating Joey's half-eaten plate of food, which he seemed to have abandoned. She asked, May I? Help yourself. Joey slid across the table towards her and watched as she dug into it what was left of the corned beef hash. Oh my god! Oh my Mary exclaimed with a mouthful of food after laying out a loud, contented moan. This is amazing! Ryan recommended it. He has good taste. <laughs> Mary swallowed and wiped the back of her hand across her mouth. Anyway, I figure I owe it to my parents to come home for Christmas and let them know I was pregnant before, you know, I actually end up having a baby. Fair enough, Joey replied, unsure of how else to respond to that. After a beat, he added, Your husband must be excited about being a dad. Mary's smile faltered as she held up her left hand to show the man her bare ring finger. No husband. She placed her hand on her stomach. No boyfriend either. My baby's going to end up just as much of a bastard as the accent coming out of my mouth. Oh, Mary, I'm so sorry. Joey spoke quickly, his face red. I didn't... Don't be! I'm a lesbian! <laughs> Joey's mouth fell open in shock as he stuttered incoherently in a vain attempt to form words, prompting Mary to roll her eyes. Relax, I'm joking. Joey let out a sigh of relief as the woman added, But hot damn, I hope no one ever chooses to come out to you. 
Joey laughed before asking, So what's the story then? How did this happen? He motioned at her enlarged stomach. Well, you see, when a man and a woman love each other, they... You know what I mean. Mary smirked as she considered the man for a moment before shrugging. It's not a very interesting story. I accidentally got pregnant. The father didn't want to be involved. I wanted to keep it, and so here I am. It was the truth. At least partly. She wanted to admit her former friend that the father had actually broken up with her last night. For one moment, however, she thought Joey was going to call her out on the half-truth, given how closely he was studying her. But a few seconds later, a wide smile broke out across his face. Well, I'm proud of you, Mary. It takes a strong, confident, independent woman to decide to keep their baby and raise it alone. If nothing, if not strong, confident, independent... Mary winked, despite the sinking feeling in her stomach. It hadn't fully registered with her until that very moment that she'd be raising a baby alone, nor that she had felt anything but strong and confident about such a daunting prospect. As emotion threatened to overcome her, she opened her mouth to change the subject when Joey did it for her. "'It's pretty cool, too,' he continued. "'Being this pregnant around Christmas with your name? Uh, I mean, imagine if you gave birth tomorrow!' Uh, yeah, because I haven't heard that one before, Mary said sarcastically, as she took another bite of food. That's literally the last thing in the world I need. I already get teased enough as it is around this time of year with a name like Mary Holiday. I don't need to become the Mary who gave birth on Christmas morning. I think it would be neat, Joey shrugged, but hey, that's just me. Speaking of you, Mary raised an eyebrow, what's been going on in your life? Are you married yet? Joey glanced down at the table, refusing to meet the woman's eyes as he shook his head from side to side. I'm surprised. Why? I, I don't know, she shrugged. You always just seemed like the type who would try to settle down, you know, the moment you graduated college. Well, people change, I guess, Joey remarked as his face fell. Then before he could stop himself, he spouted out the lie. I, I got engaged, though, <laughs> Mary smirked shrewdly. I know. My mother showed me the engagement pictures. Why do you think I asked if you were married? Joey blinked in surprise. Your fiancé, what's her name again? Liliana, Joey answered, the knots in his stomach tightening. Liliana, that's right. Mary nodded. She's very beautiful. Uh, did she fly into town with you? No, Joey said, quickly avoiding the woman's eyes as she finished the last of the food that he had on his breakfast plate. She, uh, had prior uh, commitments in California. That sucks. I would have liked to meet her. Tell all the embarrassing things I know about you from growing up together. She teased, her eyes twinkling mischievously. Till I used to see you naked when you had still had something smaller than a pinky down there. She wiggled her own pinky in the air, causing Joey to stare around covertly embarrassed. I'll have you know, it's nothing like that anymore, he replied with every ounce of dignity he could muster, straightening his seat proudly. The gentleman doth protest too much, methinks. Mary stuck her tongue out at Joey, eliciting a laugh from him. Yeah, well, I used to see you naked when you were still flat-chested, so... And look at me now! Mary indicated her breast, straightening tight against the white shirt that she was wearing. Joey glanced quickly down at them before staring up again, once again red in the face. I mean, seriously, these are the best things about being pregnant. Do you think they'd ever get this big? Can't say that I did, Joey answered, trying and failing to appear nonchalant as he stared around the cafe, avoiding the eyes of the woman sitting across from him. Oh, come on, Joey. Mary rolled her eyes. With all the history between us... You can't even look at my chest when it's covered up? Uh, I just find it a bit weird, I guess, considering we don't really have any recent history between us. Joey pointed out with a sad smile on his face. And in fairness, we don't have any romantic or sexual history between us other than, well, if you count making out that one Christmas Eve. <clears throat> he cleared his throat awkwardly as the memory came rushing back to him. Mary's smile faltered as she nodded her understanding, swallowing hard. <clears throat> anyway, when's the wedding? 
It's kind of up in the air at the moment, Joey lied. You know, honestly, I don't really feel like talking about it right now. Mary furrowed her eyebrows. Is everything okay? Everything's fine. Is everything okay with you? Of course. Really? Joey nodded at the cafe's counter, from behind which Diana the waitress kept throwing wary glances in their direction. Because you were up there, ranting and raving about not getting a cup of coffee, you said that yesterday was one of the worst days of your life. Did I? Did I say that? Mary asked. Must have been the hormones talking. <laughs> Joey sur surveyed her for a moment before stating matter-of-factly, you know, you've always been a terrible liar. I'd say I'm pretty much on par with you, Mary replied without missing a beat. The two childhood friends stared at one another in a prolonged, uncomfortable silence, as thoughts of the last time that they had seen each other came rushing to the forefront of their minds to join the thoughts pertaining to everything else they had each individually been through over the past 24 hours. Finally, Mary pointed out the obvious. Well, this took an awkward turn. Just a little bit. Mary drummed her fingers on the table. <laughs> Staring around the small diner as her baby kicked incessantly inside of her before finally deciding to push herself to her feet. Well, it was great seeing you. You're going? Joey asked, surprised, rising to his feet as well. Mary nodded. Count yourself lucky that you can never get pregnant. Everything aches, and I feel sore in areas I didn't know I could feel anything at all. I think I'm probably going to go back to the hotel and rest. Uh, oh, okay. How much do I owe you for the food? She began to rummage through her purse. Don't worry about it, Joey insisted. It was my breakfast, and you only ate what I couldn't finish. Uh, are you sure? Joey nodded, and as Mary stared across at him, she was surprised to see how disappointed... He looked all of a sudden. Well, thank you. Biting down gently on her lower lip, she conceded. It was really great seeing you. Definitely, Joey replied, so emphatically that he even took himself by surprise. Maybe we can hang out sometime while we're both still in town. I mean, he laughed, how often are we both home at the same time anymore? I think the last time I caught a glimpse of you was three years ago. Mary thought back, remembering seeing him hurried into his parents' house as she pulled her car out of her own parents' driveway. If I recall, you were a bit thinner then, she teased. Speak for yourself, Joey winked, earning himself a laugh from Mary, who had just finished buttoning her coat and pulling her hat firmly over her ears. She smiled, staring expectantly at him, which Joey took as his cue to lean in and hug her gently. If I don't see you, have a Merry Christmas. Mary didn't know why, but her former friend's warm embrace made her well up behind his back. Yeah, you too, Joey. She patted him gingerly before wiping her eyes inconspicuously and breaking away from him. Forcing a smile onto her face, she patted his arm matter-of-factly. <clears throat> I'll see you around. And Joey watched as his former best friend turned on her heel and hurried from the diner, turning right when she walked out of the door. As he took out his wallet and began counting cash to leave at the table, he felt a knot in the pit of his stomach begin to tighten. It was funny. When he had spotted her come into the restaurant, he had no desire to say hi to her. In fact, he had been afraid she'd notice him, and he'd be forced to make a conversation with her as a result. And knowing her as well as he used to, he was positive that she felt a small sense of fear wash over her when she spotted him too. But once they had started talking, he realized how easy it was to fall back in their old cadence, even after having not spoken for ten years. In fact, it made him realize that he sort of missed having her around in his life all the time, especially during the holidays. Mary was the only person on the planet that he knew loved Christmas as much as he did. And yet, now she was on her way to spend Christmas Eve alone in her hotel room, when something was clearly bothering her, even if she didn't want to admit it. He hesitated for a moment, biting down his lower lip as his mind raced. They weren't friends anymore. It wasn't his job to try and cheer her up. Yet he also firmly believed that nobody should spend Christmas or Christmas Eve alone, especially a nine months pregnant, soon-to-be-single mother. 
So before he could talk himself out of it, he threw a wad of cash onto the table, grabbed his coat, and hurried out of Park Cafe, heading north as he hurried down the sidewalk after Mary. Mary! Mary! he called loudly. Mary stopped dead in her tracks and turned around in surprise as Joey literally skidded to a halt beside her on a patch of ice. Joey? Her eyes widened, concerned. What? What are you doing? Joey asked, out of breath from running full speed after her. I already told you, Mary began confused. I'm going back to my hotel and let's hang out. What? Come on, Joey flashed her charming smile. You're waiting for Natalie to get off work. I'm waiting for Ryan to get off work. We may as well spend the day together while we wait. What's the fun in going back to your hotel alone? I'm so Joey. Mary stared down at her feet. I don't know if I can spend a whole day wandering the city. Come on, Mary. Joey foe pouted. It's Christmas Eve. No one should be alone on Christmas Eve. Who are you, Cindy Lou Who? Mary asked, causing the man to laugh. I'm serious. Come on, you're the only person I know that loves this time of year as much as me. I want to do all the stereotypical Christmas sightseeing that a tourist does, but doing alone is just sad. You're inviting me because you feel bad for me, Mary theorized, as a strong, snowy gust of wind blew through the air around them. You think I need cheering up? Uh, I know you need cheering up, Joey corrected, grabbing a stray piece of Mary's hair that the wind had blown into her face and gently placing it into the back of her ear, sending a shiver down her spine. But guess what? So do I. Mary smiled despite herself. As she glanced up and down the street, though originally anxious about having run into her former best friend, after their brief conversation at the diner, the idea of spending the day in his company didn't seem so bad. Maybe he actually would be able to cheer her up. Well, I do have some last-minute Christmas shopping to do. It's Christmas Eve, Mary, Joey pointed out, astonished. So? Mary glared at him, silently challenging him to pick a fight with her. It's not like you. Joey said quickly. Who do you still need to shop for? Uh, yeah, um, my parents, their brothers, their wives, my nieces and nephews. Mary began to rattle off the list on her fingers before she admitted with a shrug, uh, basically everyone. She looked up and down the street, her mind racing before smiling wide and saying, you know what? Okay, she nodded. Let's do it. A genuine look of relief crossed Joey's face as a huge grin spread across it. Great! What did you have in mind? Well, besides helping you finish your Christmas shopping, obviously. Mary laughed as Joey shrugged. I was thinking of starting downtown and making our way back up this way. Start by seeing the Macy's windows, maybe even visit Santa, he added, teasing. What do you say? That sounds good to me. Mary admitted, after only the briefest moment of hesitation. But we have to get some ground rules. If we're going to spend the day together, I want us to be honest with each other. No bullshitting each other or beating around the bush. It's been ten years and I want to get to know each other once again. Joey blinked in surprise at the words, but Mary plowed on before he could say anything. I'm not saying we have to go right for the personal topics of conversation, like talking about whatever's going on with you or your fiancé or what happened here, she indicated his, her stomach, but whatever topics of conversation do come up, I want to know that I'm getting the truth. I want to know what's actually going on in your life. Joey was taken aback by the woman's blunt candor. Maybe, like it had for him, their conversation at the diner made her realize how much she missed their friendship. As Mary stared at him expectantly, her arms folded across her chest, waiting. Joey looked up and down the busy street. It could be nice to actually talk to somebody who wasn't in his life anymore to get unbiased opinions about what he was going through. Finally, he nodded. Deal. Good. Mary smiled, staring up at the face of her former best friend with excitement. To Macy's we go then! As the two changed directions began to walk downtown, falling to step beside one another, each preoccupied with their own thoughts, she added, But the only way I'm walking 21 blocks is if you plan on carrying me back this way when it's time to head back. Joey glanced sideways at Mary's pregnant stomach before exclaiming, Subway it is then, earning himself an appreciative laugh from the soon-to-be mom. I already said it at the beginning of this episode, but I'm going to say it again. 
Scarlet was amazing, wasn't she? She really raised the bar, and I can't believe that somebody so talented was willing to volunteer their time and do a chapter of my book for this podcast. So thank you again, Scarlett. And listeners, I recommend sticking around to the very end, through the end music, to hear bloopers from Scarlett's recording, because I guarantee you they'll make you laugh as well. Seriously, I say it every week, and I'll keep saying it because it still stands true. Every single reader who's agreed to help me bring my story to life has been incredible so far. And I can't believe the talent that has amassed to help me do this little pet project. So thank you all. And thank you listeners for sticking with me as we wrap up chapter 12 and head into chapter 13 next week. Thank you for investing in this plot and these characters and investing your time to see where this story goes over the course of the year. It means a lot to me, and I appreciate each and every one of you more than you know. So please keep the feedback coming, and please, if you are enjoying the story, consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds in order to get it in front of as many ears as possible, or as many eyes, because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well. So if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing, they can read our weekly installments at www.tisthepodcast.com. And if you enjoy Tis the Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general, check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. Our Facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages. It's always busy year-round and not just with Christmas chatter, although that is obviously our primary focus. There's plenty of talk about pop culture, movies, TV shows, memes, and other holidays as well, especially those Burr month holidays like Halloween and Thanksgiving that lead up to Christmas itself. It's also become a one-stop shop for many of the Christmas podcasts you know and love on the Christmas Podcast Network. So not only will you find new episodes of Tis Podcast there and get to interact with Julia, Tom, and myself there, but you'll also find new episodes of Totally Red Christmas, Christmas Clatter, TGI Podcast, A Cozy Christmas Podcast, Advent Calendar House Podcast, all of your favorites posted there as well, and find all of the hosts of said shows you know and love on the website too, always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything. It's truly a mini Christmas family that's formed within that Facebook group, and I know I say it every week, but I'm going to keep saying it because it's true. I know I speak for Tom and Julia and myself when I say it is the thing we're most proud of in regards to the show. You know, there are so many other Christmas communities, especially on Reddit and especially other private Facebook groups, that are very exclusive. The people who run them try to gatekeep Christmas and what it's about and gatekeep what people are are allowed to talk about and those just make for very clicky not fun environments and the three of us strive to ensure that our social media feeds are not like that and i think the fact that so many people have met one another and grown close through our communities is testament to the fact that we have built such an engaging welcoming community for everyone we're not trying to gatekeep or anything of the sort so seriously check them out and I'd be remiss too, since Scarlett read this chapter, if I didn't mention, check out Netflix Miss. She's not on Facebook, I don't think. She's definitely not part of her Facebook group, so I don't see her or her co-host Holly posting episodes of Netflix Miss in the Tis the Podcast group. But their show is awesome and hilarious and definitely worth a listen. So check it out wherever you download your podcasts. And if you want more content from Tis the Podcast, including bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash podcast or www.tisapodcast.com slash Patreon. For as little as a dollar per month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. Patreon has been really kicking into high gear lately. Me, Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast, and listener Claude Belanger just dropped an episode not too long ago on the Hallmark Dream Book, in which we gushed over this year's selection of ornaments that Hallmark is putting out. 
Me and Kendall Ferry recorded an episode on the television show You're the Worst. Me and April Riley recorded a Passover episode on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Me, Tom, and Julia recorded an Easter episode covering the Rankin-Bass special, The First Easter Rabbit. Me, Tom, and Ron Hogan, a film strip podcast, did an episode about Leprechaun. Me, Ron, and Jay from Filmster Podcast recently did an episode reviewing Godzilla vs. Kong. And me, Tom, and Julia did a very spoiler-filled episode covering WandaVision with a bunch of other Christmas podcast hosts. Todd Killian, Tim Babb, Mike Westfall, Jerry Davila. And that was a lot of fun. And eventually we'll get that group back together again to cover the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which be a little more contentious or at least more of a heated debate because me and tom really liked it and the others did not so tons of fun stuff has dropped recently and we have tons of fun stuff coming up throughout the course of this year including another october filled with horror movie content last year in addition to the bonus halloween episode that me tom and julia record annually i dropped an episode every week with a listener or another podcast host detailing another horror movie in honor of halloween and i plan on doing the same thing this year we'll have exclusive thanksgiving episodes exclusive christmas episodes and not only that but we'll have episodes covering other films as well matt urich of TGI Podcast has agreed to come on the show with me and talk Space Jam before the sequel comes out in July. Ron Hogan of Filmster Podcast and his friend Lindsay have agreed to come on with me very soon to discuss The Conjuring 1 and 2 before The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It is released in June. And of course, we'll probably cover that and Space Jam A New Legacy after they're released. Listener Charlene Lewis is going to discuss trashy reality TV with me and talk about the season of Temptation Island once she catches up. And speaking of not as trashy reality TV, Kendall Ferry is joining me to discuss the season of Netflix's The Circle once it's all said and done. I plan on doing a Suicide Squad retrospective before the new film drops in August, at which point we'll cover that film. So plenty of stuff coming up. So if you're not a patron yet, now is the time to join. Because in addition to everything I just mentioned, we want to get new Fireside Chats recorded this year. More Christmas movie commentaries. We will review The Long Halloween as we've been promising. And rest assured that if you subscribed, all the money we make goes into improving the quality of our show and coming up with new swag to give all of y'all. In fact, we're hoping to give patrons early access to said swag we're hoping to unveil at the beginning of summer. Really cool stuff we think you'll like before making it available to everyone for purchase. And speaking of swag, I'm still trying to champion Tom to make a You're the Worst t-shirt and sticker, since that has kind of become one of our catchphrases of the show. In addition to all of that, there are other ways to help the podcast besides subscribing to Patreon and engaging with us on and sharing our social media pages. You can help the show in a free way by leaving us a review on iTunes, because every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Plus, doing so will earn you a free Tis a Podcast sticker. And who doesn't love stickers? Coming up on our main show this upcoming Monday, April 26th, you'll get to hear our episode in which we discuss the Rankin-Bass special, The Little Drummer Boy, based on the song of the same name. And on Tuesday, April 27th, Tom, Julia, and myself will be gathering to record our view of the 2016 comedy-drama-holiday film, Almost Christmas. And that will drop on Monday, May 3rd. May. I can't believe we're heading into May already. But before we get to May, on April 29th, check your main feeds for Chapter 13 of Another Christmas Story, entitled Christmas Time is Here, in which we switch back to the point of view of Aaron Rankin and his friends on their Christmas Eve field trip touring New York City. And this chapter will be read to you by the always amazing and hilarious Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House Podcast. So lots of content coming up, lots of fun stuff coming up, lots of exciting stuff coming up, but that's not even the most exciting news we have for you. To reveal that, I'm going to kick it back over to Scarlett. It's only 247 days until Christmas! Woo! That is definitely something to be excited about. One third of the year down, 
one third to go until we're in fall. This year is flying. So once again, thank you all for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You're truly the best, and we are so lucky we get to consider a lot of you legitimate friends. So do your homework, watch Little Drummer Boy, watch Almost Christmas, and have a great weekend. Until Monday, y'all. Bye! Oh well, here we go! See, now she has an accent, it's fine. Sorry, that should have been Mary? Because this is Mary. Jesus. Anyway.